Hi, welcome to Season 2, Episode 23 of the Pictures Out There podcast series with Lee Stewart and Dave Fogelman. In today's episode, Lee and Dave will revisit the math of kindness, help, and love. Each person can make a difference in making the world a better place and in caring for one another where we live and around the globe. The math proves it. Let's explore. And now, here's Dave and Lee. Greetings, everyone, and thank you, Candy, for that kind introduction. I'm Lee. And this is Dave. And our topic today is the math of kindness, help, and love. Part two, part Duh, part yeah. dose, dose, whatever mm-hmm. we want to say, mm-hmm. and talking about how each person can make all the difference. This is a topic that we hit in, I believe, podcast number three of this season, mm-hmm. and we want to hit it again, and it's because of our future audience. We think our future audience listened to that one and went, yeah, yeah, it's that simple. Surely you guys are going to go ahead and now that you've done the math, surely now you're going to go take care of this, right? right? Do address, something Address the this. problem. Yes. Well, We'll we'll see about that. Not so fast. Not so fast. We want to go ahead now and briefly review some of the topics that we talked about in that first podcast to kind of set us up for today. One topic we talked about was looking at everybody having enough income so that they would have enough food to eat. We did the math of that one and figured out that if everybody on earth gave up 0.3% of their income, everybody on earth could have enough food to eat. And so we said, hmm, if you make 100000 bucks, that would mean giving up $300. Or if you make 50000 that would mean giving up $150. Would you give that up so that everybody on earth could have enough food to eat? And we said, yeah, I hope yeah, so. Yes. Hope we would all agree to do that. Right. We haven't done it yet. Right. You know? And so, again, those of you listening in the future would be going, Well, yeah, but I'm sure now that you would go do this, right? (laughs) Well, we'll see. We also talk, secondly, about homelessness. Yes. We discuss that that's a very complicated and very personal issue. But we tried to illustrate just by saying, well, what if we acquired an apartment for every person that doesn't have a home in the United States? We had a cost ascribed to that. And we determined that for $43 a year from each person in the U.S., an apartment could be provided for everybody that currently doesn't have a home. Doesn't have one, yes. Yeah. And 43 we, bucks a year. 43 bucks a year. And we again kind of said, well, yeah, you'd go do that, right? And yeah. audience in the future is saying, oh, great that you did the math of this. Mm-hmm. Let's well, go do it. That's all we've done so far is the math of it. That's all we've done so far. <laughs> Thirdly, we looked at a wonderful effort here locally called the Grooming Project that's now called Pawsperity, P-A-W-S-P-E-R-I-T-Y. And we said that if just one person out of 2,500 in the U.S. would follow the example of prosperity, of giving or creating a nonprofit with a similar impact, we could solve poverty in the U.S. If one out of every 2,500 people were to do that. And as this effort continues on, it's an ongoing effort, that 2,500 is just going to get higher and higher. Mm. And you would go, 
gee, how many of us will raise our hand to try to go do something like this? Yes. So these are the examples that we talked about and just the difference that we can make if we do the math, figure out as a society or as a nation how to address something, and then go do it. Wow. It seems simple, doesn't it? So let's look at three more situations and see what the math of kindness and help may tell us. So how much money would it take from each person in the world for every person in the world to have clean water? Well, the World Resources Institute is a global research nonprofit organization. It was established 40 years ago in 1982 with funding from the MacArthur Foundation. Statistics on global water challenges are daunting. Three billion people do not have basic hand-washing facilities. Wow. Three billion. Wow. A quarter of the world's population live in countries that face extremely high water stress. There are more than 500 what are called dead zones. Those are areas of the ocean without sufficient oxygen for most marine life to survive. And that occurs because of untreated wastewater. Wow, more than 500 of those. The solutions to the world's water crisis, though, cost far, far less than most of us might think. New research found that securing water for our societies by the year 2030, seven years from where we speak today, mm -hmm. that could just cost about 1% of global gross domestic product. This comes to an average of about 60 cents per person I'm, per day. I'm sorry, could you say that one 60 more time? 60 cents per person per day. And our future audience is going, what? What? Yeah. Solved. Right. Go do it. Done. Yeah, easy, easy. <laughs> the economic benefits outweigh the costs very clearly. Every dollar invested in water access and sanitation yields an average of $6.80 in return. What? What a payback. So if you just stripped away and looked at simply the ROI of it, the return on the investment, any business professional would say, well, give me that problem. I'm going to invest $1 and get 7 back. I'm in. Yeah, Lee, Lee give me a dollar and you're going to get 7 back. Yeah. And you're going to say no? And in doing that, I'm making certain that every person on the world has access to clean water. Clean water. All right. So the World Bank found out that by failing, here's a, the other side of this, by failing to implement better water management policies, we would have losses. Regional GDP, gross domestic product losses from 2 to 10% by 2050. Mm. So not only is the problem easy to solve, there's now another downside yeah, if we that do goes not with solve not it. addressing it. Yeah, so 20% of the global population doesn't have access to clean water or basic water services. In 2017, globally, more than 800 million people, about 9% of the globe, did not have access to at least basic water services. So here's a way that we can respond as individuals. If somebody goes, well, what can I do? This is just an example of a local organization that took action in a way that individual citizens could participate. Here's their story. This year, our organization's children raised money to build clean water boreholes, wells, for three villages in Malawi and South Central Africa. We then challenged the adults in the organization to join them in this effort as they led the way. People typically live in small villages of 150 to 1,500 people and survive on subsistence farming. Clean water wells like we built cost about $5,000, an impossible amount for most of the villages to raise on their own. To date, we've built just over 50 wells in Malawi. Wow. <laughs> yeah, led by children. That's an important aspect here as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. 
Let's go back and revisit just for a moment. If we don't do things like treating water and making it clean and potable for everyone on earth, we talked about the potential loss economically. Well, why does that occur? Because people are sick. Yeah. People are sick. This results in a, a large health crisis in those areas where there's not clean water. Sick people can't do productive things. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So again, if you want to look at it just through a naked economic lens, mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense to address it. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's take a simple calculator. In this example, if you contribute $200, so that's our figure, $200, you are creating a permanent clean water solution for 6 to 60 people that currently don't have access to clean water today. And I said a permanent solution, okay? $200? Yes. For a permanent clean water solution for 6 to 60 people? Right. For the globe as a whole, 1% of global GDP for the next eight years could solve this issue. So maybe think of it as 1% of your income, mm. whatever your income may be. Would it be worth it to contribute that 1% of your income to solve this gigantic issue for all people around the globe? And remember, every dollar invested in water access and sanitation brings back nearly $7 in returns. And our future audience is listening to this and going, thank you. You finally did the math of this. Mm -hmm. It's solvable. Mm -hmm. Good. Now you guys are going to go address this. Right. It takes nothing, virtually nothing to do it, right? Mm -hmm. We'll see. So here are a few questions that we would encourage you to reflect on. Would you give up 1% of your income so that every person on earth had water to drink and use that was safe and clean? Or let's think about another option. Would you pay for a part of a well in an area without basic water services, say maybe $30 or $40 per person, if that helped them toward clean, accessible water for all? Would we do these things? For clean water, can we imagine those of us that have access to clean water, can we imagine what that would be like? to not have that and the change that that makes in, in our life. Mm -hmm. Let's look at another big social question. How much money would it take from each person in the world for every person to not have to live in an air-polluted environment? A 2016 study by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, we'll refer to them from here on, predicted that should things remain unchanged, the annual global welfare costs due to premature deaths from outdoor air pollution would total 18 to $25 trillion, with the cost of illness at $2.2 trillion. Air pollution's not an impossible issue to solve, however. The UN Environment's sixth Global Environment Outlook predicts that achieving the Paris Agreements, those targets for mitigating climate change are going to cost $22 trillion, but by successfully reducing air pollution, $54 trillion can be saved from the resulting health benefits. So again, this seems like obvious math, right? An investment of $22 trillion, that's a pretty significant chunk of change. We certainly acknowledge that. Again, we're looking at this through what I call a naked economic lens. We're not even taking into the human factors of it, right? It's a ridiculous payback. Yeah. It's easy. Right. It's simple. And think about all of the people who are going to get to go through their days in good health as yeah. a consequence yeah. of this. But what do people do, Lee? I mean, what, what do so many of us do? We sit there and go, well, that piece of the $22 trillion, 
I can see that coming right out of my pocket. Absolutely, yes. Right out of my pocket in taxes, right. things like that. I can see that. Where's my piece of the $54 trillion? Exactly. I want to check for that. Right, and I'm going to go get myself a glass of water out of the tap in my kitchen right now where all I have to do is hit a button and it flows pure and clean. Yeah, and so we these things that are social paybacks, we want to see in like a check mm-hmm. or something. We want it to be tangible. It is tangible. It is tangible. People are alive. Right. People are healthy. They're flourishing. We're part of a society. We're part of the globe. And we think, again, those of you listening to the future, you're going, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What is so hard? You're in this together. Right. You're in this together. What's so hard to go do? Yeah. Those of you in the future, we have a tough time with this. We do. We We have a tough time not looking for the direct individual payback to us instead of solving this together. Absolutely. So we think the numbers are clear. Immediate action against air pollution leads to a net savings of $32 trillion. This is great news for our health. It's great news for the climate. It's great news for the economy. It's a triple payback. So you pay $22 trillion to get $54 trillion back. Uh, what's not to like about that financially? Or, or each person in the world pays about $2,500. And then on average gets back $6,700 in real intangible health benefits. Again, what's not to like about that calculus? Yeah, we don't know how else to say it. Right. So here's another question that we would ask you to reflect on. Would you give up $100 in order to have $250? Would you give up $1,000 in order to have $2,500? Would you give up $10,000? in order to have 25,000. This is the real calculus of addressing a problem like air pollution. Lee, I've I've got $100. I don't want 250. Yeah. Lee, I've got 1,000. I don't want 2,500. We don't think you need to be a financial genius to uh, understand this. We ask ask those questions to kind of show the absurdity of this. And then you just talk about you know, the financial benefit but on top of that, you know, people are alive. They're flourishing. They're healthy. They're flourishing. Yes. Yeah. So pretty obvious. Okay. Let's look at another big social question that's a pretty hot one here in our lifetime. What's the price of fully transitioning to a green economy? Getting to net zero carbon emissions by 2050 will cost an extra $3.5 trillion a year, according to a new study by the consulting firm McKinsey. We'll need a fundamental transformation of the global economy to go truly green. Now, this is going to lead to job losses, but there will be a higher number of new roles and jobs created in a low-carbon world. Mm -hmm. Let me say that one more time. There will be a net gain gain of jobs and roles. So an example here is that if we were to go fully green globally, some sectors of the economy that are dependent on fossil fuels probably would be dislocated, right? Right. But new technologies are going to have to be invented to offset that. And supported. Right. So business leaders really need to see the transition to a green economy as an opportunity rather than just a challenge. So McKinsey, again, says that total global spending by governments businesses and individuals on energy and land use systems will need to rise by $3.5 trillion a year every year if we are to have any chance of getting to net zero carbon emissions in the next 30 years. That is a 
a big amount of money. It sure is. And this is a huge change. It's a, it is a societal change. Right. That's a 60% increase on today's level of investment. Mm-hmm. And it's equivalent to half of global corporate profits. Wow. That's big. A quarter of world tax revenue and equivalent to 7% of household spending. Another trillion would also need to be reallocated from high emission to low carbon assets. McKinsey says in its report, achieving net zero emissions by 2050 would entail a fundamental transformation of the global economy. So although moving away from fossil fuels will cost about 185 million jobs, they estimate, the green economy is going to create 200 million new roles and jobs by 2050. World leaders need to start the transition now, the report urges, saying that the economic and social costs are only going to increase if there is a delayed or abrupt transition, as this could produce a backlash among consumers that risks further slowing measures to get to net zero. Okay, there's an important point there, right? If we don't address it soon, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. You know those situations where you are at that wall, yes. and you know that you there's not an incremental change to make. You have to climb the wall and mm-hmm. just get to a completely new place. And you go, I don't want to. I don't really That's want hard. to. That's hard. Yes, right. That's hard. I'm going to have to give up stuff. Yeah. Or when the I'm doctor says, for it. you know what? That pain in your side isn't going to go away. Go away. <laughs> you're going to have to go exercise. Uh-huh. You're going to have to go do something that's a life change. But I don't want to. Right. Comfortable where I am. Well, what are you going to do? Right. So if we were to make this switch from high to low emission energy, and if it's not carefully managed, shortages in price rises probably will occur. The authors of the McKinsey report say much depends on how that transition is managed. Achieving a green economy will call for unprecedented cooperation between nations and companies. McKinsey warns that the way things are going means it may already be, uh uh-oh, too late too late to halt the rise in global temperatures to 1.5 degrees c above pre-industrial levels speaking at the 2022 davos agenda virtual meeting world economic forum president borga brenda warned against focusing solely on the price of the transition saying the cost of inaction far exceeds the cost of action. And European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen says people must not expect the transition to be smooth. There will never be, she says, a linear shift from a fossil fuel-based system to the clean energy system. We must be upfront about that. But the direction is clear, and so is our commitment. End of quote. Business leaders need to see the transition to a green economy as an opportunity. And the forum report says climate leaders can attract and retain better talent, realize higher growth, save costs, avoid regulatory risks, access cheaper capital, and create new sources of value for customers. Done well, this is going to translate to higher shareholder returns and a sustainable source of competitive advantage. I love this leap because it basically says, you know, some of you guys are going to be responsible on this quicker. You're going to benefit from it. Yeah. You know, the the profit motive, the capitalist motive is going to work for you on this. Those of you that just keep dawdling and keep not addressing this, there's going to be a price to pay. Yeah, you're going to get left behind. Yeah. So what is the cost so far of our relative inaction on climate change? Climate change so far cost the global economy trillions of dollars, but low-income countries 
in tropical regions have borne the brunt of these losses. That's according to a study that analyzed the economic consequences of heat waves worldwide over a 20-year period. So this research, which was published in Science Advances, estimates that the global economy lost between $5 trillion and $29 trillion from 1992 to 2013 solely as a result of human-driven global warming. But the effect was worse in low-income tropical nations, leading to a nearly 7% reduction in their national income on average, whereas high-income countries experienced only about a 1.5% average decrease. So if you're in a higher-income country, fewer effects, like the United States, you're feeling the effects. Most of us in the United States would acknowledge the effects of climate change that we're already experiencing here Mm -hmm. to a very significant degree. In low-income countries, they're feeling that four or five times more. And oh, by the way, lots of times in countries where we haven't solved clean water, we haven't solved Mm -hmm. hunger, and now we're going to throw this other problem on top Top of of all of that. Right, yeah. Come on. It's an exponential multiplier effect. Come on. And so we really haven't seen anything yet Uh, We love the quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer in this context, not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. Mm -hmm. We have to act, we have to speak. These are opportunities that we have now. We have the opportunity to create a so much better world for the world's children and for all those who are going to come after them. We have spoken to future listeners here a couple of times during our discussion today, and we're going to direct these statements to you, future generations. Why did we not get this accomplished in our time? Why? Yeah. You're looking, quote, back at us through time and going, this seems pretty obvious, so why didn't you get it done? And future audiences, we would say that, uh, sadly, unfortunately, our society today has a amazing ability to uh, have a thought come up and then just kind of wait for it to pass. <laughs> You know, and so the right. the math of this, you know, these kinds of things hit the public eye. Somebody says something, an advocate tries to push for something. And lots of times there are people with great intent who hear that and nod their head and don't actually go do something about it. Yes. They don't continue to advocate it. The, well, my day just got busy. Oh, something else just happened. Mm-hmm. You know, well, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get back to that. Or, yeah, that, that was a good thought. Mm-hmm. And we just have a, have a difficult time concentrating on fo- and focusing on something as a society to go solve it. Even when the math says there's this incredible payback that's going right. to happen. Right, yeah. We get distracted. We get distracted. And I will characterize that distraction as benign, right? Yeah. Now, sadly, there's a flip side to that, and that is the intentionally malevolent. I've right. got mine. I've right. got mine. Yeah. I'm not going to spend one nickel out of my pocket for the benefit of someone else, right? Why should I do that? They need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps down there in those tropical countries and just overcome this climate problem themselves, right? Well, that's nonsense. Every shred of science would tell that that's nonsense, but sadly, in a resource competitive environment, uh, we still tend to behave that way. And this is really, this is hard to say, and it's hard to hear, but as you described, Lee, what we might call the malevolent intent and the benign intent that doesn't act or that doesn't speak or that allows itself to get distracted Mm -hmm. and forget. 
they're in the same camp. They are. They point to the same end. They point to the same end. And, and it's, it's hard for those of us that have benign intent, but that have trouble acting. It's hard for us to deal with that, mm-hmm. you know, because, well, our intents, our hearts in the right place, our hearts, but are we doing something? Right. Exactly. Are, you know, what is our vote? What is our activism? What, what are we saying in conversations with other people? And it's, it's a hard thing when we look back on our inaction mm-hmm. and we have to acknowledge, you know, we've, we've been part of the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Lost yeah. opportunities. Lost opportunities. We ask you, what are your pictures? What are your perspectives in that new day? What are your ideals going to be going forward from today? And as always, think carefully about what is your influence to use. We can always make new choices. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. As always, feel free to explore more about Pictures Out There at picturesoutthere.com and major social media sites. We hope you have the day of your dreams, the day of your pictures.